Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. This is Colleen Brady. I have a site, iheartnocode.com, and I'm building yarnlove.co for knitters and crocheters. I'm based in sunny Naples, Florida. For me, I think they merged together because I had been in tech before. So I've worked okay. with a number of technical startups over the years. Years ago, had done web development and got out of it because I just saw technology was just mm. constantly iterating. And I wasn't sure that I was going to keep up, especially as I just thinking about how did I want my life to progress. If you kind of take your eye off the ball in terms of tech for a year you know, all of a sudden your skills can be obsolete. So I started to move into product development and really enjoyed just that process. Again, going back to something that I said previously about creating something out of nothing that solves a business problem. And that allowed me as part of being product development to still be somewhat technical, but I wasn't coding. So I was helping create documentation and see products come to life, but I was no longer a doer. And I really, really, really missed that. And so at some point, I started to find Zapier and started using Zapier, which is kind of a no-code tool with WordPress to start creating sites and solutions for friends and family. And that was one way that I kind of was coding. But again, not I'm not opening up an editor like Notepad++ and writing Java and you know, hardcore programming languages. And I just, I felt a little lost that I couldn't do it. And I just didn't quite have the aptitude, or maybe that's not quite the right word. Low coding just didn't quite work for me. And then once I found no code and starting to realize, hey, these ideas that I've had in my head that there's actually ways for me to implement versions of them. And as the tools have gotten better, not necessarily a pale version of that idea, I can now take that idea and start adding more in color and more complexity, which is to me, extremely exciting. So you coded in Java before? I was, I never, I got done with my Java one course, but I never got hired as a Java developer. Okay, cool. So. And we're going to dive more into your background too, but mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm dying of curiosity. So now being in this on-deck program and being a no-code evangelist, what are the no-coding? I'm just dying. I love software <laughs> productivity tools. I can't help. I need the answer to this question. What platforms did you gravitate to to start building? I love Zapier. So you mentioned Zapier. Mm-hmm. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know Zapier, and apologies for everybody who does, it's kind of like you're plugging two sites together. Like you're connecting two sites. Like one site's communicating to another site, and Zapier is handling that those communication channels. And it, it could go multi-sites, that kind of thing. So that's Zapier, 100% 
haven't checked out Zapier, if you haven't been on Zapier, what are the other no-code platforms you've been gravitating to? So I love Webflow. So Webflow was one of my first. I didn't realize that Zapier was a no-code tool when I discovered it. Webflow was kind of what opened the no-code world mm, up to me. True. And, and so as probably as a bit of a disclaimer, I do do some, as much as I love Webflow and I am a organizer for the Sarasota chapter meetup, I also do some freelance and contracting work with Webflow. Hi, everyone. My name is Rita Munir. I am the co-founder and chief operating officer of Authenticate. And we're a cybersecurity company replacing keys, passwords, all the annoying security products with a very easy to use smartphone app. We're based in Santa Barbara, California. Yeah, that's a great question. I think for us as a team, it was having an MVP that we like a minimal viable product. We had an MVP that was good enough for the competition, but we also used that to go talk to people and get, you know, try to do a, a little product market fit for, for the competition. And that actually helped us because one of the conversations from the new venture competition and like trying to, you know, do interviews for our product market fit ended up being a beta tester that we've been, you know, working with for the past few years. And every time we have a new product, we go and install to them. That ended up, and they're ready to become a paying customer very soon. So you know, that was great. It started just as an interview for a competition that then became a long-term partnership. How many years has it been now that you guys have been live? So the competition was in 2019. We met in like December 2018. So I would say January 2019. But during that time, we were, you know, it was our last year in college. So Chad was finishing up. Chad and Evan graduated a year after me with like their master's and PhD. So I'd say July 2020 is our like official birthday, even though we already hadn't like we were already incorporated and everything by that time. But that's when we like when, that's when I had to quit my job to go join my co-founders who graduated to hire people, raise money. So I would say July 2020 is the birthday. And where are you guys today and where do you dream of being a year from now as a company? Yeah. So today we have some paying customers in town. So we we try to handpick our customers and only have people in town, uh, and that's because it's a security product. You definitely don't want to you don't want to run before you could walk. So we we were making sure that we can support our customers and they're trusting us with their security. So want to make sure we can we can deliver. So today we have a uh, sales ready product. So we're we're selling our product. We're confident to sell the product to not non-friendly customers. So people we don't really know and just like, yeah, we're, so we're in that stage. And because, because our product has a hardware part and a software part. So today we're able to offer the passwordless uh, authentication solution, which means not only you can get into your office without your keys, but only using your phone, but now we can also unlock your computer with your phone. So that's, that's the cool part. And that's the the newly, you know, released uh, part of our product. So that's where we are today. In a year, we'd like to see our customers using the full suite of our product. So, you know, get into the office with phone in the pocket, no keys, no smart cards, sit on their desk without typing any passwords or just phone speaks to computer and unlocks everything, but also use it for their SSH keys management and all that. So having our customers use the full, the full suite of product. And since it is a security company, like what if we lose our phone or our phone gets stolen? How does it work on that side? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So because we're cloud-based, obviously, once you lose your phone or it gets stolen, you just have to notify your admin and they will just, you know, either suspend the phone or just delete it, remove it completely and, and give you access with your new phone, which is much more secure than if you lose a smart card. So first of all, one of our one of our clients pointed this out is uh, when their employees leave, like when they lose their badges on Friday, they don't realize until Monday. Just because, you know, no one cares about a smart card. You just use it for work. So if over the weekend, you, you don't have it. No one cares. But if you lose your phone within two minutes, you'd already be panicking. So that's the good part of it. Like first, once you lose it, you're automatically like freaking out and you can just tell your uh, admin they will remove it or suspend it, which is, you know, more secure than uh, traditional solutions. Hi everyone, my name is Maheen Suhail and I am a lead product designer at Facebook. I work on augmented reality, virtual reality, and artificial intelligence. Essentially, a lot of future tech that's coming our way that Facebook is trying to um, build experiences around in the world. I'm based in New York. I had this realization that my superpowers in filmmaking and some of those courses I'd taken in architecture and university actually put me in a very unique position to be really great at this field because yes, I didn't know how to like code in unity, which is the program you need to at that time to build or design in VR. What I do know is filmmaking and Adobe Premiere and this, these film editing tools. And I know how to do 3d in these tools. Right. So what if I could leverage my strengths as a person who loves video games and a person who uh, loves architecture and a person who has a filmmaking background and nailed this internship. And I nailed it because I used my strengths to succeed in a space that was unfamiliar to me. And I wrote a Medium article about it and stuff. And it was really useful at that time for people who didn't have the technical experience to get into VR. Now they might not need it anymore because easier tools exist. Um, so I'm going to catch you on the and stuff. Can you please tell us where to find the Medium article? And we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Yeah, I think if you just search Medium Mahin Sohail, it should pop up. <laughs> I love that. I think all those little moments are moments there where being boastful adds value to everyone mm -hmm. else. And so, yeah, I think I'm excited for everybody to be able to understand that your Medium post exists. And so, and Medium, just in case, is a blogging platform, but <laughs> maybe I'm gonna, maybe I'm getting too foundational, but uh, I just wanna make sure <laughs> I'm never leaving anyone out. So, okay, so then how long did it take for you to become comfortable in your role at Facebook? So I came back full time and then it took me like three years probably to become really comfortable. Stop. Um, three years. Yeah. Or maybe two and a half, two and a half probably. It's and a the long reason why time so though. Long, yeah. Go. It's a long time, but anyone who works in tech or at least like big companies, there's so much imposter syndrome, right? You feel like you don't belong. Again, like I was this girl from Pakistan who like wrote a hate letter to like Facebook when I was in grade eight because they blocked me and like never, ever in my life thought I would end up working in that company, you know, like no way. So obviously, like as a person of color, you feel like you don't belong. And that is wrong. And people have said things to me like people when I first got hired full time, a friend said to me, oh, you know, you got hired because you're a 
a female person of color. That's why they hired you. Hearing these things at that time when you're a kid, you're like, oh, maybe. And then you go to these companies and all they do is talk about uh, diversity, diversity hiring. And it make you start believing that truth. It took me like two years to actually be like, no, like I actually bring a lot of value to this company and I am an asset to them. And whatever those people were saying, they're just saying it because of like personal insecurities or whatever. And also just by repetitively producing great experiences, by switching multiple teams, by seeing my own worth and recognizing my own strengths, like that's a process. And when you're able to identify all that and then eventually realize that your experiences can teach and help grow other people, that's when you know that like, okay, I belong here and um, I need to make other people also feel that they belong not just here, like it's not like, oh, you belong at Facebook, but you belong in the experiences that you bring to the table um, and you're great at what you do. And and I think a lot of women actually have a really hard time recognizing that. So I know you mentor a lot of people and, and that's what, why mentorship is so useful. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.